0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Free Lunch by the Peak, the podcast where we talk to people way smarter than us about the topics that matter most across Canadian business, economics, and policy. I'm your co-host, Sarah Burnika.
1: And I'm Taylor Scollin.
0: So, Taylor, Bill C-18 is a thing that's been in the news. Maybe sure you've is. seen it, maybe you haven't, because the news is blocked in a lot of places. But Not the peak. Not the peak, though. Uh, not the peak, though. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Uh, how has C eighteen shown up in in your life? Are Are you seeing the the blocks that people have been talking about?
1: Uh, no, you know it doesn't affect me at all because uh, fortunately <laughs> we run a newsletter, so we don't rely on Google or Facebook. No, I, I'm I'm being uh, I'm being facetious. Yeah, it's a huge deal, obviously, for anyone who. Uh, works in the media and also now for just Canadians in general, because of course you can no longer see news on uh, Instagram or Facebook or maybe soon Google. Uh, So yeah, it's a massive deal.
0: Yeah, it's all very dramatic and, and people are seeing it kind of pop up in different ways. I don't think the block has been rolled out to me personally. I hope Hopefully, no one at really? Meta is listening to this podcast. I don't know why that is, but somehow I've been left out. So I've been enjoying the news from all around the world via my Instagram. If you want to know what's going on, I can tell you after we finish this <laughs> podcast. But it has it has yet to hit me. But a lot of Canadians have been impacted. I know a lot of people want to know what's going on and what potentially is going to happen next as it relates to kind of this news block in Canada. And I think we have the perfect guest to talk about how laws like these have shaken out around the world. Ricard Gill is an associate professor of business economics at the Smith School of Business at Queen's University. He's conducted extensive research on similar laws that have been passed in other countries around the world and is here today to share what he's learned as it relates to what's happening in Canada. Ricard, thank you so much for coming on Free Lunch.
2: Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's first take a look at how we got here. So how has the relationship between tech giants and news publishers changed in the last decade?
2: I guess that the how we got here is that it didn't change uh, and so that's what uh, that's the source of the of the complaint. We need to go back actually twenty thirty years to actually see how uh, the advertising revenues uh, that are for the most part uh, responsible for financing media have been going down even this is even before this is even before uh, uh the internet came along right so clearly at some point people said you know I don't want to buy a newspaper to actually see what's happening in the world. I want to listen to the radio. I want to, I want to see TV. You know, eventually uh, you know, I want to listen to podcasts. Right. And so uh, it, it's been happening that, uh, it, you know, more and more newspapers, news outlets, uh, news outlets that we all grew up with have been shutting down. And so at the same time, we have these big tech companies that have been racking up millions or billions, I must say, in ad revenues, right? And so, whenever you see something dropping on one end and increasing on the other, you could t- kind of tend to make a causal, a causal uh, link between those two. And basically, what got us here is that there's some claims that uh, big tech is uh, benefiting from content uh, that is created by news media, and the news media should be compensated by by the content, and it all comes out from that.
0: So the big tech giants are benefiting from content. At the same time, news publishers are having a really difficult time, struggling to get by. Hundreds, you know, of local outlets shutting down across the the the, the country and the continent. So, how did the government go about trying to rebalance that? And how did we get to this? What they put forward as a solution, which is Bill C eighteen. Well.
2: <clears throat> an effort, a regulatory effort like we're seeing here, Bill C-18, uh, the so-called Online News Act, is not new, right? So we're not inventing the wheel here in Canada now. Like this, this, this sort of regulation has happened first in, uh, in Belgium in 2006, then uh, France uh, joined over, then eventually had Germany, Spain, Brazil, and so on and so forth. Eventually, the whole EU sort of tried to make an effort about this. Uh, and recently, we have heard about the U.S. and Australia. So this is not this is not new. This is not, this is not like Canada, but obviously, the Canadian regulation has to adjust the Canadian reality. And so, um, the, what this regulation is going to do is going to try to set up a, a, what is called a link tax, meaning every time that a big tech company, call it Google, call it uh, Meta, uh, decides to put up a link somewhere, uh, uh, or somebody decides to put up a link on that uh, on that platform. In the case of Meta, uh, the, the big tech company, needs to pay for for that uh, for that link, and obviously this is a, this is uh, a lot of money, right? So you know, most of us, whenever we, we make a query in Google, or Bing, or whatever search engine it's uh, of your choice. We never go past, we never go past the first page, but there's many, many pages with many, many links, right? So really, really what this means is that we would actually have to see like how in this case, in my example, Google pays for say 300 links, even though only one of them is actually looked at and only one page is actually looked at, right? So there are some nuances on, on what the regulation is that don't make much, much, uh, much sense.
0: So can you explain how the government is proposing for that quote link tax to roll out for someone that's not really understanding why certain things are being blocked or how their experience has, has changed on these platforms? What are the specifics of of, what, of how Bill C-18 would work?
2: So in, you know, in all honesty, I don't think, I don't think that the government has thought this through. Right. And so when, 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 <laughs> so, okay. no, because that's the thing, right? So, uh, when, uh, when this came along in first in Belgium and France and then the, the Spanish experience, like, you know, the law was very clear, but then you have to create, a, an agency, an agency that's either government run or, or, or nonprofit run, or, or actually like give the concession of that agency to a profit making uh, stakeholder. That has to monitor somehow how many links are out there, and has to like make sure that the money changes hands. But I, and we don't I, have. I, that. I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, I, I haven't actually gone through every single line of uh, of the bill, but I, nobody's talking about this, which sort of tells me that once again, you know, we have made the same mistake that every other country trying to regulate this is making, which is this is extremely hard to count, right? Uh, and so. Uh, so in theory, we say, let's take this at face value. I think the idea is that they want to set up a link. They want to set up a, a way to sort of monitor this activity. And uh, that the, the bill is trying to say, well, you know, we're going to let the, these, big tank, tech, these big tech companies to sit down with each one of these news publishers and agree on how much they're going to pay to, for each one of the links. But again, you're sort of imposing a, a, a monstrous cost of the regulation on these big tech companies and also on the on the on the news publishers, right? You're you basically telling, hey, you're gonna have to go and, and negotiate with these big guys. You know, I, I could see the, the 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 week at Kingston. They're basically like, you know, taking the train, taking Via Rail, and sort of going either to Toronto or Montreal to sit down. Right. So these guys like that. That's hilarious.
0: So what happened in Belgium in 2006? What happened in France, in Germany, in Spain? Because, yeah, because last time I checked, all those countries still had access to news on Instagram and can, you know, share links.
2: So I'll just say this. I'll I'll get to that in a second. There's no Google News in Spain because of that. Okay, so so when uh, Minister Pablo Rodriguez says, I am surprised that these guys are going to shut down operations, I'm like, how are you surprised? They, they have done this before. They, they just did in Australia. In Google's, when I go ahead and shut down completely their Google News case uh, showcase. In the case of Belgium and France, you know, uh, mm-hmm. lots of uh, lots of kicking and screaming. Uh, eventually, uh, even uh, President Hollande sat down with Eric Schmidt at Google. And so they came up with an agreement and, and Google is sort of saying, and th- they do this a lot and they do this as well in Canada. They're saying there are ways that newspapers can actually join the 21st century and sort of know how to navigate this new on- online, uh, ecosystem. And so puts money, uh, into, uh, into, uh, training of, staff of these newspapers so that they actually know how to do this, right? So um, there's a very recent paper by some colleagues of mine in, in, in another university, in Wake Forest a, a University, where they actually show how uh, the New York Times, uh, from the moment that uh, a that the, that the piece of news goes online to actually, it stabilizes and we know everything, it changes title like 10, 12 times. And, and literally, mm-hmm. why is that? To get more clicks. Right? So it's that kind of thing. It's that kind of knowledge that, uh, you know, smaller newspapers don't have that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, uh, that kind of that, they, they cannot do that kind of. Anyway, so in Belgium and France, lots of kicking and screaming. Eventually, okay, let's be friends again. Uh, Google sets up some big fan, They actually give some money. But again, this money that they give is money for training. It doesn't go into profits. You know, it's like, you know, it's like giving you a fish versus teaching you how to fish, right? So it's like, these are the two, these are the two, two, these are the the difference. In Germany, they they tried to do the same thing and then the newspapers got very upset and for two weeks, uh, one of the biggest publishers said, you know what, we are going to, we're gonna ban Google from setting up links because that's the thing. Like a news publisher can always ban and cut those links. They they can always do it. So, with for two weeks they lost eight percent of traffic, and they decide, okay, no, 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 we're not, we're no longer upset. Please let us, let us, uh, let us do this again. Let us do this again. The Spanish regulation was the first one. It's actually like the first one that gets closer to what we've seen here now and what we saw in Australia that basically said, we're not going to let, we're not going to let newspapers uh, decide on their own whether they want to get paid by link. Now, the receiving payment for every link that gets, uh, that gets posted on, on big tech is an unenviable right. And at that point, no, Google couldn't actually reach back to the news publishers, couldn't actually sit down and negotiate. And so at that point, that's when Google said, you know what? We're going to shut this down. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's a piece of research that I did myself. And uh, we actually show how uh, Spanish newspapers actually drop uh, traffic somewhere between 8 and 20% right after uh, Google, news, uh, Google News went down and and that's the thing uh, uh smaller outlets were the ones to suffer the most right and and that's that's what i'm afraid that we're going to see in canada like you know the the newspapers that have a very very big name that you don't have to basically you know that everybody in canada knows and i'm going to go with like the global mail the toronto star like you know all these big ones right obviously i i only mentioned a few that are in in ontario because that's that's where I am, but uh, you know, you know, there's not going to be any more referral uh, traffic for smaller for smaller outlets, and these smaller outlets really, really, when it comes to online traffic, they, they could actually be down like 20, 30 percent, and that's a yeah. lot of that's a lot of ad revenue, especially for these guys who are not doing who are not doing great. And, if you, and this is just like right away, right? But if you think of the dynamics of this, and, and I was talking to this to, an, to a colleague of yours and you know, of another outlet uh, uh, two days ago. Most of the people that we see today in like the big newspapers, they they didn't graduate from a journalism school and start working at these big newspapers. They went on and they were formed. Their, their training years were at very small newspapers. The kind of newspapers that really, really benefit from this referral traffic. So, if we eliminate those jobs, we're really, really hurting the the journalist the the journalist profession. So, there, you know, I, I'm a bit I'm a bit shocked of some of the the statements that have come out of uh, Ottawa in terms of like, oh, we're shocked. Like you you ask some you ask a private enterprise to pay for staff and they decide to change their business model or or like you know get their stuff elsewhere i'm like don't you know don't we do don't ever doesn't everybody do the same thing so i'm a bit i'm a a bit shocked about that and you were talking about that's for spain and there's been from that point on the, the european union has had some similar regulation and google in particular has you know has always been you know uh has always wanted to like sit down at the table and see if there's a win-win middle of the road situation. And so there's been some of that there as well. Again, most of this is is not money that from an accounting perspective goes into revenue. This actually is money that actually helps you train people and train your staff better in this news uh, online ecosystem. So that's that's where we are. I think that for the for the for the first ten years that there were disputes, there was some like you know I'm mad now, but now I'm happy. So like, because you gave me some money, <clears throat> and now we are getting to that stage where Google and 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 Meta, who mm-hmm. you know ten years ago or fifteen years ago was was not as big as it is today, it was not really counting. But you know uh-huh. uh, Meta, in a sense, is sort of saying I'm not in the business of <clears throat> distributing news. I'm in the business of people going uh, throwing a barbecue with their friends, and they're posting pictures, and everybody likes it, and <laughs> that's it. And so, and so when they decide, you know, this is this for me is hilarious, right? So when they decide that they're not going to post news, and everybody's like, oh, how is it possible? So, well, that's that's not that's not what that's not what they sell. That that's not their function. So, so yeah, so that's how we got here, uh, and. And given everything that I that I told you, Sarah, uh, one of the things that I, it's amazing to me is that that there doesn't seem to be any memory, because this is these are not isolated cases. It's always the same players on the tech side. It's always the same complaint. Uh, it's not the first time that big tech says, "I don't want to play anymore," so you know I'm gonna shut down the news case, and somehow. Uh, our uh, Canadian government is sort of like perplexed that they decided to to do this. I'm sort of like, where where is the actual, you know, where is
1: the actual surprise? So,
2: mm.
1: what's happened in Spain since Google News pulled out there? Has there been consolidation in the industry around the biggest players?
2: So there's been consolidation, but also, uh, and I was looking at this before uh, before this meeting. You know uh, uh all the so the, the the law there was more general than it seems to be here and it really affected anybody or any website that would uh, post uh, that would aggregate news right so in canada you have things mm-hmm. like the village report rabble.ca the national news watch all this stuff right uh, uh basically the equivalent to this website in spain all of them either disappear or they just became uh, chat forums because they mm. couldn't actually afford to pay any of this right uh and so and so in spain not only there there's been more consolidation especially on the online side right so you might actually have still different print versions but then like two or three sort of competing Small uh, newspapers, sort of like setting up a only one online uh, version, or altogether, you know, full full on uh, exit of news aggregators that were sort of under the umbrella of, of the law.
0: I just find it fascinating how we have these specific examples to point to as far as like, this is how this conversation plays out a decade from now. And um, I- I'm wondering if we could stick on the, the, the Spanish example. Has there been any winners to come out of the negotiations between the publishers and the tech companies?
2: Uh, no. So like they, they, you know, they shut down Google News and, and then they realized that they needed to set up an agency to collect all this money. And uh, they was way too complicated. And uh, eventually it looked like it was going to be a private agency. But then it, this is kind of funky, right? Because you have a government law and now you're gonna have a private uh, agency collecting money and charging a fee for their service. And so it was not clear what they were doing. And then at that time, the European Union started to do regulation and they said, okay, you know what? We're just gonna wait to see what happens on the, at the European Union level. And then the European Union level was never, was never, you know, the, the, the regulation there was never as hard as it was in, in, in Spain. But Google News never really came back to life. If, if you guys, you know, look now, uh, uh, in your web browser and you search for Google News Spain, you will still get the, uh, the, the a page that sort of explains why they decided to uh, go to shut down to shut down that service.
0: So if this regulation these regulations hurt the players that they're supposed to help with most and it seems like the only ones that can come out of the situation okay is these established players that have put a lot of effort behind their kind of more digital training, how does this shake out from a Canadian? Perspective. What do you think we're going to see next?
2: Well, if if uh, what we've seen uh, play out before, right, uh, also plays out in Canada, uh, we are going to see that uh, smaller outlets are going to continue to disappear, and in my humble opinion, these bigger outlets that are not going to disappear are going to do marginally better. But it's not like they're going to be so much so much better right uh and so and you know and I, and I was before this meeting i was sort of checking if there was any you know any novelties and in the case and and uh it does you know so, so meta has already decided that they're out and and google is pretty much saying you know on december 31st we the, this comes into place and so we we pretty pretty much going to be out and so they, they they tried to explain how they have tried to change the law in a way that they think it's beneficial to for everybody but the, that has not gone uh, has not gone anywhere so um to your question i think we're going to see you know i have no reason to believe that the way that things are going to play out in canada are going to be different from how things have played out elsewhere uh and and uh, most likely we're just going to see smaller outlets uh, uh suffer and disappear and consolidating and uh, i don't know what that does for things like plurality of opinion uh diversity of information and you know for all things considered, those things are crucial for the good working of a democracy and and people being informed, right? And so, uh, yeah, uh, I don't think I'm being, I don't think I'm actually uh, cheering up the party too much uh, with everything that I'm saying here. But uh, that's that's how that's how I think it's going to play out.
1: Do you think that the tech platforms are, um, unable to comply with regulations like this? Or are they unwilling to comply with regulations like this because it doesn't make business sense to do so in a market that's as small as Canada or Spain? You know, if the United States introduced similar legislation, do you think that they would have a similar response? Or how would that unfold? I
2: think... Taylor, I think that's a that's a great that's a great question. So, um, so obviously, obviously, it doesn't make any business sense for them to sort of pay for every single link that is posted there. Um, you know, on the one end, right? So, in the case of Meta, all the Facebook, Instagrams, and WhatsApp, should they actually pay because I decide to send a news article? to a friend of mine in England I, that without, you know, in what sense they, they're literally just setting up the platform so that that communication happens, right? So so I don't think, I think that that should be the case. In the case of Google, as I said, you know, if we, lab, we look up now Northwest Territories fires, right, we're going to have in there 300, 300 links that kind of come out. I say 300 because that's the first number that came up. Um should they pay for all 300? Even though some of them are like junk, right? Uh, If you think about it, any other industry, any other industry, a distributor or a retailer, if the product that actually comes from upstream is of low quality, the retailer can actually get their money back. They can actually sue the the, the producer of of, of the uh, product. or the product that they're selling or distributing, uh, but this was this wouldn't actually be the case here. So in a sense, there is a part of like it doesn't make sense for them. But also, I think that if you were to be, if you if they were to actually charge for every link that is put out there, it really it really is the case that they wouldn't make money, right? And so that's why right. that's why they they. Meta's first uh, first reaction is like, okay, you know, this is not what we do. This is not central to our business. And so we are just going to not do this anymore. And Google is, you know, just waiting, perhaps because they have more experience on how these things have played out in other countries, right? Uh, and so maybe they're just waiting to see if there's going to be any loophole or any sort of interpretation of the law that allows them to keep doing what they're doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I want to say I want to say uh, I want to throw a reflection there and so uh, you know when I read the news on this like uh, many very often sort of like it's basically says you know oh Google Google makes 600 billion on on advertising right and therefore they should pay for the online news content uh, I'm not sure that 600 is the number but th- there's basically a lot of money that they committed that, that kind of statement that shows up in the news is pretty much leading people or misleading people to believe that every single dollar that Google does on uh, advertising comes from people searching news. And that's that's not true. Like, you know, I'll, I'll go on Google and say, hey, I want a pair of sneakers uh, of this size. Where can I get them? Like, and, you know, And then Google will tell me, should, uh, should Google share that revenue? The answer is no. So what, what I'm trying to say here is that when we see the, the numbers that are put up there to sort of like drive and like a tilt public opinion on this matter, some of those numbers are like, really, uh, you know, not everything, not every single ad revenue that is here uh, that, that these big tech companies do is coming because uh they're uh, they're posting off uh, of news links and so when we think about how much money really is being diverted from what it should be uh what it should be ad revenue for movie, for, uh, for newspapers we should actually look at the actual share of revenue that comes uh, to these big tech companies from their linking to to this to this news does that make sense?
1: Do you know if anyone? Yeah. N- do you know if anyone has uh, done any estimates of what that is? I can imagine it would be kind of hard to figure out, but just out of curiosity.
2: No, actually, I, and I've looked for it, and I looked for it, but it, but it cannot be that large. If you think about it, it cannot be that large, right? So, you know, I, I mean, I, I, we economists are terrible for introspection. Because we kind of like, Oh, if it happens to me, it happens to everybody. So I'm just going to (laughs) apply. I'm just going to apply what happens to me and it's going to be good for everybody. Right. But I think of when I go into one of these search engines and I search for stuff, how often is it something about the news? And maybe it's going to be like one out of 10. In very extreme cases, maybe it's three out of 10, which basically already brings out that number quite, quite a lot. Right. And so, um, and you know, you guys are young. So, so uh, I was recently teaching a class uh, at Queen's uh, for these, these are like recent graduates, uh, 22, 23, 24 year old And uh, I basically had to sit down and I was like, okay, how do you guys actually search for news? Because, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I, there's like two or three newspapers that I sort of, that I sort of look at. Certain types of news, I know that perhaps like a big national level newspaper is not going to be great, so I try to go more regional. And, and you know, and I was surprised that uh, people actually, at least in that class, it obviously is a, is a selected class, they tend to be very good at uh, knowing when, you know, which outlets are trustworthy and which outlets are not, right? And so... Uh, that basically again tells me that that again tells me that the share of uh, the share of ad revenue that we should actually be considering when talking about this link news tax is actually far smaller than what the the, new, the newspaper articles that I'm seeing tend to tend to imply, right? And yeah. and, and I think that that's misleading public opinion, right? Uh, So
0: people are understandably freaked out about this. They've had the same experience as you where they are going onto a page and they can't see the news or they try to share a link and they can't do that. Um, I'm sensing from what you're saying is that the door is closed on reaching a resolution with Meta. Maybe there's a chance with Google. Could you give us a sense of, of how likely you think that both sides are going to come to the Table on that and whether meta would be open to given given how many people get their information and news from instagram
2: yeah so so let me start from the from the end i think that us news consumers uh and you guys are you are also not only news news consumers you actually make the news uh people are basically gonna start basically downloading apps from every single newspaper or news outlets that they think is reputable and they're going to start looking at those apps directly to actually get informed. Which, for the most part, it's going to be okay. For the most part, it's going to be okay, but from time to time, from time to time, the algorithm of uh, the search engine actually leads you to places that that is basically the best source of information. right? And so, from time to time, so we're going to be missing that. But for the most part, for the most part, we we are going to be okay. Now, I don't see... To have a conversation, you need two people. And so I don't see... Well, at least I haven't seen any any move yet from the government side to sort of, like, approach sides, right? Uh, recently, we, you know in a very, very, um, in a very uh, bad moment that we're having in the Northwest Territories, right? I mean, uh, I showed up here to Europe and it was time to explain. It's like, people people here in Europe are like, oh, but why don't they kill the fire? And I'm like, it's, the fire area is the size of Spain. Like, that's, you know, there's no... Like, in Spain, you have a little fire and then you're like, oh, we cannot handle it. And now so imagine the whole country, right? In, in these moments where the federal government should be focused about offering relief, like pulling resources from everywhere, talking to perhaps uh, fire squads in the United States, like moving them up, like whatever it takes, right? Like trying to strategize. What we saw is, uh as uh, uh Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau sort of like out of the blue saying like the fault is uh, meta because they should be they should be allowing for the news to diffuse while this is happening and, and so you know what i mean like whenever i'm angry with somebody if i want to fix it i'm not going to start blaming them for everything that is happening i want to sort of like cool the things cool things down and sort of try to reach uh you know reach some consensus in there right in a sense what I see from those, from those, uh, f- from those declarations of, uh, of Justin Trudeau is that he's acknowledging the fact that these big tech companies produce a lot of social value, right? All the conversation until now was like, oh, this, all this private value you guys are absorbing, all your all private value, you are actually making this profit on your own. But this uh, tragedy is making it, you know, is coming to be like a tragedy that, that, where Justin Trudeau and probably like his uh, his cabinet uh uh cabinet people are sort of thinking, oh, you know, actually there's social value in what these guys do. Like, you know, people actually are looking at these things, they should be able to to transmit information. So and and they do that for free. They're not charging what they you know, they're no longer do it. But they when if they were doing it, they would be doing that for free. So which basically means that there is room for these guys to come back to the table and say, Maybe paying for every link tax is too much. I apologize, but you know, maybe you only pay for those that where people look at the link tax and basically that doesn't create referral uh, referral traffic. you know uh, there's there's always room for some for some uh, understanding
0: If you were in that room, is there a model that you would put forward where the tech companies can, I guess, not have their feathers ruffled too much, but the news publishers can also get a bump in revenue to help them stay? Yeah, afloat?
2: no, absolutely. So, so you know, so out of, on average, right, and I'm telling you this uh, through... 600 newspapers in 15 different uh, european countries right but but it is also true for the u.s Uh, i don't have this data for canadian outlets but let's assume that on average these things are the same Uh, on on average a news outlet gets like half of their online traffic through direct searches like if i want to see the global mail i just go globalmail.ca and i I go i go straight right Uh, 30 35 percent through search engines And then somewhere between 10 and 15% is social media. Only 10, 15% is social media. Okay. So, like people, like, this is the part where I was like, okay, of every, uh, of all the we're seeing, we're only looking at 10, 15% of this, which basically means that, which basically means, and all this is referral traffic, right? This 10, 15% and this 30, 35%. This is referral traffic from this big tech company. So, this is like revenue that is already monetized. By the outlets, because these are people that show up to. Yeah. So, really, really, the conversation should be around the conversation should be around how many times Sarah or Taylor basically go in, search for something, they see the headline in the link, they read the th- first three lines that show up in there, and they're like, <laughs> okay, I, I, I kind of know now what's going on. Moving on with my life, right? That's really, really, that's really, really. What, where the money conversation is at, because that is potential traffic that you could have actually clicked and gone to see it. But because you actually provide enough information with the title or when you provide a little bit of a snippet, like two, three lines in there, you basically decide that you already know what is or it, you thought it was something, but it's not. So you're no longer interested. Figuring out what that you know how big that piece of the cake is that's the part of the conversation because at that point you can really tell you can basically sit down at the table and be like hey listen this could have been money that is made by these guys but it's not because you're providing too much information and in a sense this was that in 2013 the german gate if i you know it was about this it's like how much information goes into a snippet Right, And they decided to like, you know, shut down, like don't provide any snippets, just the headline. Right. And then people would actually like, you know, they actually, it turns out that at least in the German case, they click even less. So they thought that by providing no information, <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So there's a lot of assumptions here that people are making about, about the human behavior that then you look at what has happened before uh, and, and they don't apply. But as I said, you know, if I was in that, you, you asked Sarah, if I was in that room, really what I would say is like, these guy's are provision referral traffic to you, like a good 45% of the referral traffic that you're getting, that of all the traffic that you're getting comes from referral traffic. So let's look at really, really what percentage of traffic or how much traffic would you have gotten if... The people that are interested in that piece of news they had to actually click when they actually read it. And, you know, unfortunately, what does that mean? It means that if I search for this already and I only look at the first page of the search engine, every link that shows up in the second, third, fourth, fifth page, that link doesn't get compensated. Why? Because I never looked at it. I never looked at it, right? And so... That opens up all the conversations, right? That's opens up all the conversations in, like, okay, so how fair is the Google bot? Well, how fair is the algorithm? Or how does the algorithm? But again, Google is offering is offering training for these newspapers to figure out how to actually get their link to the top, right? And so, um, I don't know. I think that that's the key. I think that's the key because that, in a sense, is like it's no longer about. The referral traffic—it's about really, really, with how much of their business you're actually stealing away, right? And so that's the key. Because right now it's like, give, give me all. You know, I know you have a treasure chest. Give me all the coins. And it's like, no, not all the coins belong to you. Like I made my coins doing all the stuff, right? And so that's that's what I would actually emphasize if I was in that room.
1: I, I just have one more question about uh, Spain, which I probably should have asked earlier, but just to go back there for a moment, did the biggest publishers in Spain, you know the equivalent of the New York Times or the Globe and Mail, uh, I don't know the Spanish newspaper market, but those equivalents did they end up doing better after no. Google made these changes because of the reduced competition from smaller publishers? How did the, oh. how did that impact them ultimately?
2: I see, I see, I see what you mean. So no, so what we see is that what we saw is that um, they have got a reduction, or like five to ten percent in traffic. And so everybody, it's it, you're thinking, uh, you're asking a question of, it was this a zero sum game or not? Kind of, and and.
1: Yeah, sort of,
2: sort of, not, not quite. And the answer is like, no, everybody lost. Because Mm -hmm. the, the, the amount of traffic that comes from referral traffic is so huge. It's like 50% of the cake. Like literally, like suddenly that traffic basically is like gone. Right. And so everybody lost in relative terms, in relative terms, which goes closer to what your question is. These bigger guys, the El País, La Vanguardia. The guys that actually had led the conversation, the lo- the lobbying effort to actually get the government to set up this tax, uh, those guys did did not suffer as much okay mm-hmm. or, or you know like oh, the, 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 the specialized the specialized newspapers there's like two or three newspapers that do only uh, business and the state of the economy, and there's like two or three major. Uh, sports newspapers right those guys they already had the quasi-monopoly in a sense those guys were not were not affected as much but who was really really affected here the newspaper that is only sold in a given province the newspaper that is only sold in a given city that's a newspaper that suffered the most because uh, in in the case of Spain Google News was actually throwing a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, referral traffic that otherwise these guys would have not gotten and and the referral traffic is is funny because it's not just like I was interested in this piece of news and i this and I end up reading out the news on your outlet now I know that such outlet exists, so I am more likely to at some point go and look for that outlet directly yeah. right so so it, it is um yeah, and you know, the conversations and the and the debate that led to to the drawing of Bill C eighteen never really talked about referral traffic. It, you know, it never really acknowledged that that uh, these big tech companies they throw a lot of traffic back to to these newspapers. It always seemed like they were net stealers of traffic. But Data and 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 every fiasco that Google has gotten in the past, or like you know when the server of Meta drops for like three hours, there are people that look at what happens during those three hours, and so like what happens is what well, newspapers are doing worse. So in a sense, these are not net stealers, they're net contributors of traffic.
1: Did did people's information consumption habits change in Spain after that? Did they just start downloading? apps like you suggested before? How did it change how people got the news?
2: Yeah, so so I, mostly it's direct traffic now.
1: Mostly okay. it's direct
2: traffic. I, I want to say, though, that this was a Google News. So this means that you can still go in Spain and search for the news, but you no longer have Google News. So, okay. so it's not as... So the, the regulation that we have here and the reaction that we're seeing here from the two main... Big tech companies that are that are subject to to this law, uh, the regulation is very stringent. And as a reaction, the, re, the as a reaction to that very stringent law, the reaction of the big tech companies is also a very strong stance. And understand uh, in my opinion, understandably so. Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah, I know. I know that we're, we're that we're over time here. Um, I think that's a that's a great place to to leave it. Certainly taking a lot away from this conversation to to think about. Thank you so much for for coming on. No, absolutely.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, well, a lot of takeaways from that conversation with Ricard. I think it definitely puts some weight behind what this decision means for the Canadian news landscape and I guess more broadly about the way that we consume information. I think that's the piece that stuck out to me the most is how we have gotten into this routine of being able to flip links over Instagram, over Facebook, um, you know, share stuff with our friends in, in that way and even get our information that way. And that has overnight been, been taking out of the picture. And I wonder what will replace that. And so I'm still mulling that over Personally, that was that was a massive takeaway. What about you?
1: Yeah, it was interesting to hear about how this has unfolded elsewhere. Um, you know, I think we probably followed the Australia example a few years ago, and that's what people have talked about. But the other regulations that some countries in Europe have tried to implement and what the ramifications of that have been uh, are, are interesting to hear about. You know, I, I think it's interesting to see how this impacts the dynamics of the media business um, and how the larger publishers are, are really less vulnerable to changes like this than smaller publishers, which I guess makes sense because if you can't get your news on Facebook anymore, maybe you do just type in the URL of the newspaper that you used to subscribe to when you were still getting it delivered by, by the mail um, so maybe this isn't such a bad thing for, you know, the larger publishers who do have name recognition and brand recognition already, even if it does sort of hurt smaller uh, outlets that people haven't maybe necessarily heard of yet.
0: Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I can't help but be concerned about the the impacts and the ripple effect, especially for the smaller news outlets. Like I've, I've, I've talked to people at some of those smaller Outlets. I mean, we work with some people at kind of outlets that rely that a ton on kind of social referral traffic just to get stories out there. And, and and certainly it'll require kind of adjusting to a new model. But I really want to know what's happening behind the scenes and what kind of conversations are happening, I guess, within the government. Because what continues to be striking to me is that we have examples dating back to, you know, the 2010s of how this has shaken out and you know governments have seen how this has played out elsewhere in the world and yet they have decided mm-hmm. to roll out some of the most aggressive you know link sharing type of regulation that yeah. you know that that the developed world has has seen so but i i'm with you it does kind of zoom in on like how Things will change, and maybe it might not be all that bad because if people are getting their news directly from the source and are going to the apps and going to the websites and maybe getting print subscriptions as well, um, I mean, maybe it's just a change in, in behavior that could still turn out to be okay. Although I'm not feeling optimistic for the for the smaller outlets, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of baffling to me when I try to think about how this has all unfolded and what the government has said that they're trying to achieve and what I think the actual outcome is likely to be. I mean, if uh, Pablo Rodriguez wants to come on and talk about it, I'd love to have him him on the show. He recently was shuffled out of his portfolio, so maybe he's able to speak more freely now than (laughs) he was a month or two ago. Uh, But yeah, it doesn't... uh, It's, it's hard to understand. I I don't think I can even speculate.
0: No, definitely not. Um, it's just a changing, it's just like a changing consumption model too. Um, just the fact that, uh, Ricard was talking about how, um, you know, when, when we're looking at headlines, uh, whether it's through search or for, through social media and talking about the challenges of figuring out, okay, well, how many of those eyeballs are actually turning into, you know, a visit to a site or even a subscriber, how we have kind of gotten in this routine where much of the population is is not reading full articles. It's always, you know, that has been the case increasingly so, but it is kind of this like headline driven consumption that, um, people have gotten used to, and when it turns into that, it's really difficult to figure out the the value of that it's it's impossible to track. We don't seem to have the tools to do it.
1: Yeah, you know I think the I was listening to another podcast, uh, Jesse Brown's canalan podcast where he's talked about this a little bit and I think he made he's made a good point over the course of this debate, which is that the ultimate outcome of this might be just to uh, preserve legacy media outlets that have not, uh, adapted to the internet as well as some of the, uh, smaller, newer publishers of which I think Canada is one. And there are, uh, many of them in, in Canada. And I think that's unfortunate. You know, it is, uh, I, I shed no tears for meta or Google, but, I think it is a a bad outcome for some of these startup media businesses that were just starting to get their feet under them and now have to contend with this pretty drastic change in how they reach people.
0: Yeah. It just goes to show how, how much power they have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a topic to watch and certainly will be for the, for the coming months. So I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it again, but uh, a lot to, a lot to watch out for, but In any case, I think that's a good place to to leave it. What about you? Yeah, let's leave it there. This has been another episode of Free Lunch by the Peak. I'm your co-host, Sarah Bartnicka. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Bartnicka.
1: And I'm Taylor Scollin. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor Scollin.
0: And you can find all our other episodes where we talk about the topics that matter most across Canadian business, technology, and policy by searching Free Lunch by the Peak wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week.